Amen. All right. So let's dig into this word here. I'm not going to be long. Well, I don't plan on being long. <laughs> so uh, as my daughter in the back says, yes. So <laughs> She's smiling now. I put her on the spot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we, how many of us heard the saying, you know, nice guys finish last or nice people finish last? You know, uh, that that's a saying. And, you know, we, we it's a saying of the culture, right? It's been around for a long time. And, and what that does is, I reflected on it, what that does is it, it gets us to to live out of a selfish nature, you know, not do things right, you know. And then, I don't usually watch the show, but I watched it last night. Uh, was it Shark Tank? Is that what it is? Yeah, Shark Tank. So, and I was watching the, uh, you know, the millionaires, the rich people. And, I, you know, I was thinking about it, watching them. I was like, you know what? They got to be aggressive and and pretty much selfish to get to where, where they're at. It, it, they actually show it on the show when some of the people come in and how they talk to them, you know. And sometimes as Christians, we can look at that and we can see things and we can see the world prospering. You know, those that don't serve the Lord and we could be like, you know what, maybe I might take a shortcut here and there. But we have to be careful of that, right? Because Jesus warns us of that. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Familiar text. We've been in church for a while. We done heard this talk for tithes and offerings and everything. And while the principles can be used for it, that's not what it's about. But, you know, um, Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Amen. And let us not grow weary while doing good. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, by the way. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. So let's stop right there real quick. So let us not grow weary while doing good. We have to we have to understand that word weary there. In the Greek, the word weary and lose heart is actually the same Greek word there. It actually means to be faint hearted or exhausted. And sometimes in this world, as we live in this world, we can see the wicked prospering. We can even see those who say they're Christians and not living right prospering. And, you know, and we're trying to we're doing everything right. And, you know, we're living unto the Lord. But yet they're prospering and sometimes things may not come our way. And then we could be tempted to go ahead and take that shortcut. Well, who's going to know if I fudge a little bit numbers on my taxes, right? Or, you know, if I, I got paid for cash, or I don't have to put that down on my taxes. Or, you know, if you do your, if you do your own taxes and you, and you do it online, you use something like TurboTax, one of the things. When you get to the end, they show you the chance that you have of being audited. So now you, you see that little percentage like, oh, well. That's case, I go back and change some things, right? But that's not what God wants us to do, right? So the title of this message is actually doing good, doing good, All right? So, you know, we, we can't be weary in doing good. So what is good? Good here in the Greek means relevant, beneficial, advantageous, helpful, useful, upright, good nature, helpful, as in healthful, 
profitable and productive, right? That all describes good. And, you know, sometimes when we think of doing good a lot of times, especially when it comes to the church and the Christian circle, we always think about just being a blessing to somebody financially, right? Or paying for something for someone. And those are doing good things, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's other ways we can be, we can do good to people, right? We can give an encouraging word to somebody, right? We can send a text message. So just like I mentioned, I sent a text message to Mother Dolores yesterday, right? And I could tell she, she enjoyed it because she started texting me back and forth. And I'm like, here I'm thinking she's not going to text a lot, but here she is texting me back and forth, right? But that, that was something good. That's probably something she needed there, right? Without knowing. So, and there's times where I may have needed a, a text message or a phone call, right? We may be going through and then the Lord put somebody on our hearts and then we reach out to that person. That's doing good, right? Or helping somebody with their groceries or heavy bags, right? That, that, that's doing in, in today's society, you know, you, you offer to help somebody with their bags. Now, all of a sudden, they start freaking out, right? Because of things that they see on TV and the news, right? But that's not the way it was supposed to be designed. But that's how we've been conditioned, right? Because we as a society, we watch the news. And the news throughout the week is, what, 90% bad, right? 90% bad. They may wait till they get to Thursday or Friday to give a good story, right? <laughs> and, 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 it, and it's, what, a few seconds. But most of the time, they talk about bad, so it causes us to be on guard. But we have to remember, we have to do good. So it says here, to do good to all people, right? All people. That means our brothers and sisters in Christ, our family members, even the ones that irritate us, right? Because <laughs> right? I know we all have some of those, right? Uh, our co-workers, our neighbors, and guess what? Even our enemies, Right? I'll speak for myself again. I have some people that could just pull my strings, right? They, they don't, you know, they, they always want to call me or want me to call them when they're going through, right? So I have to stop what I'm doing and reach out to them. No matter what I'm going through, even what I'm going through now, it doesn't matter. It's about their needs, right? So I, there's a few people like that, but I'll get one particular. They were going through and this person wanted to talk on the phone like, Five, six times a day. Then also text message. Right? And I'm like, and each time I'm telling the same thing. But, you know, but I'm trying to do the right thing, you know. But then I say, well, you know, I may tell some, you know, a couple people I may talk to that I'm close with about it. And they're like, well, you need to cut that person off. You need to stop. You know, and, and I'll be honest, when they reach out to me, my body just cringes. I'm like, here we go again. <laughs> All right. And I know y'all don't go through this, right? It's just me, right? My body just cringes. And, and my head is saying, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. But my heart is saying, don't do that. Right? Don't do that. So as much as my flesh is saying, ignore, my heart's saying, don't do that. Do good. Do good. That's a part of being a shepherd, right? And, and the reason why. I, and other people don't understand it, right? Because even I said, why are you still reaching out to that? Why are you still talking to that person? Because it's no longer I that live, right? It's Christ that lives in me, right? Galatians 2.20. That's what he said. So it's no longer I. So, you know, we have to understand God could have ignored us. We were enemies, right? But he didn't know us. He said he sent the best thing that he can send, which was Jesus Christ, his son. Right? All for us. So now if I turn my back on somebody, no matter how much they irritate me, right, 
then I'm wrong. That's not doing good. Because the Bible tells us Jesus went about doing good. Right? And even the religious leaders, yeah, he would say some words to them. But guess what? If they surrendered their heart, he would still love them and reach out to them and welcome them into the kingdom. Right? Well, he would welcome them as his disciples. That, that's, that's part of doing good. So even with those people, we do good. So now, I, didn't, I purposely didn't finish uh, verse 10. So going back to verse 10, the, the latter half of verse 10. But I'll, I'll read the whole thing. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Then he says here, Paul writes, especially to those who are the household of faith. You know, I reflected just the other day, like how many outreach churches we've been a part of. And I counted at least three that we've been in. One was like a church plant, which was small, kind of like us. And then, uh, which was in Connecticut. And then we've been about with two other ones. One was like a, I guess it was a big church. Um, I guess, I don't know if you consider it a mega church or not, but it was a big church. And one was probably about a medium-sized church. And, uh, you know, outreach churches, they're known for what? Going out into the community, right? Um, feeding the community, and which is all good things, and, and spreading the gospel for the most part, right? And then, you know, as we've come along over the years, now we have other churches that are not necessarily known as outreach churches. They kind of copy that blueprint, right? And then now they start doing outreach, right? Even though they're not necessarily outreach church, but they do outreach to, to do what? To go out and witness to the community and almost, you know, we have to understand our job is not to rescue the community per se. We're to do good. You know, there's nothing wrong with those things, but we have to understand what what these churches have done is not all of them. And I've said it before where we have taken care of those out there, but have neglected the body. Right. And then one particular outreach church, the people didn't have. Right. But. They were doing outreach so much, it became a burden upon the people. And then while it was supposed to be a good thing, then the people started to murmur and complain. Right? They would never murmur and complain to the pastor, but they were murmuring and complain amongst themselves. And then you just hear it because a lot of them didn't have because each time they're buying, buying, buying. And then when you don't have and now you're taking care of everybody out there but neglecting the body. And see, James warns us of that, uh, well, in Acts. He told Paul, what? To collect, make sure you take care of the poor. What? Those poor were for the, the, the Christians, the church, right? We're supposed to say, it's not that we're going to take them and we, we just supply everything to them. No, it's not that. But sometimes we as Christians, we may go through hard times, right? So what good is it if we're taking care of everybody out there but neglecting the body, Amen. right? Because now that puts a hurt on the body. We, we, can't, we can't neglect the body. We have to take care of the body. More so, because that word especially right there, it actually means in the Greek, chiefly, above all, mostly. But we don't do that today, right? We don't do that today. We, we, we neglect the body and take care of what's out there. When If we take care of the body, now we can function properly and take care of what's out there. And now we'll be whole. And, and again, all that is doing good. All that is doing good. So we have to be mindful. And as Christians, it should be automatic for us to do good. Right. If we're saved and we're, we're born again, we spend the time with the Lord. It should be automatic in us to do good. Right. So let's turn to Acts. Actually, you don't have to turn it because it's only one verse. So I'll read it. Uh, Acts ten thirty eight. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth 
with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So healing people is a good thing, right? Now, we know all healing comes from God, right? We don't, we don't heal, but we can be vessels of his healing. But see, here's the thing. There's a, a Greek word that's used for healing, and uh, it's mentioned 42 times throughout the New Testament. It actually means, there, it, the Greek word is therapeutic, which is where we get it therapeutic from. This is the healing that we can do. It means, just like me texting mother yesterday, right? Going to visit somebody, bringing the, the bone broth, <laughs> like you did. And even when mother, you know, she, she'll bring food over to us on a weekly basis every Friday, right? Those are healing. That, that's, that's healing according to that Greek word, right? That's, and it's mentioned in Matthew 16 times. So these are things, see, the healing is not always the supernatural. It's the little things we can do Amen. that brings comfort to somebody that's ailing, right? Even us going and praying for somebody, right? That's all bringing healing and comfort. So sometimes when we think well, we have to do good, it has to be that big thing. But it doesn't have to be a big thing. It's the little things we can do, right? Even if we just say hello to somebody, right? Because, you know, growing up in New York City, people used to not speak to each other. You know, now it's a little bit different now. People look, I guess more people from the South moved to New York, so it's a little bit different now. But back in the day, you know, people just didn't speak to each other. But we have to be on guard about not conforming to the world's way of doing things, right? And, and it's so easy to do that. So let's, uh, let's turn to Matthew chapter 4. And even ministering, because uh, going back to Acts 10.38, but y'all turn to Matthew 4, uh, Matthew 4. Even looking at uh, Acts 10.38, when he talks about those who are oppressed, when someone's oppressed and we bring healing, we, we pray for them, that's doing good. That's doing good. So that, that Greek word oppressed actually means have harsh control over someone. They could be influenced. So it doesn't mean that they're possessed, but they're just oppressed. Right. So now when we pray for them, we minister to them. That's bringing comfort. That's doing good. That's that's doing God's will. All right. So Matthew 4, 23 and 25. 23 through 25. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him, from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. We see people here following Jesus. Why? Because he went about doing good. People will follow those who do good works. Right? People will be attracted to those who have good character and good conduct. Right? So I get people at work. It's not like a whole extremity about people. But I do get people at work and say, they call me Wig. <laughs> they say, Wig, so-and-so needs counseling. So-and-so needs counseling. And, and I, they wanted me to give somebody counseling the other day that, that hadn't even been on the job that long. <laughs> right? And and, uh, and this person is saved. They're born again. 
And I just gave this person, and I'm not mentioning names because I don't know who at work is going to see this. So. <laughs> but, you know, they just need a little bit of advice or something, right? But that little bit that I gave them was doing good, right? But if I had neglected them and said, no, I'm too busy, it's about me. That's not doing good. That's about doing me and not doing the Lord's will. And see, that just opens the door for somebody else. And that gives them the door to, again to open and say, hey, you know what? I got somebody you can talk to. Right. So we always have to make ourselves available. Amen. And and it's not about us being selfish because ten, technically what we've done in the church over the years, we've become self-centered in a way. We don't want to be bothered even at the service. Right. We may talk. Some people don't want to talk. They just they're gone. Right. They, they, they don't want to pray. It's all about them. It's all about in our church in Connecticut, the church that I had, we went to when, it, when I first got saved. And uh, there was a guy, and he was shouting, praise the Lord all the time, right, loud. But he didn't want to minister to nobody, talk to anybody. He just he would say, he would say, no, I'm about me. I'm about myself. I, I, that's not a good thing, right? That, that, that's not a good thing. Because ultimately, he's not allowing his light to shine, Right? And he was a big old muscle-bound guy, right? And, and But when you talk to him, he actually had a soft heart, but he wouldn't allow people to see it for whatever reason. All right. Uh, flip a chapter over Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies Bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect as, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So that word perfect means being complete, wanting nothing, mature. So going back to the, uh, earlier, that word spitefully means to mistreat, slander, give, give someone the cold shoulder, turn their backs on, a, on, on us, right? Even in the midst of that, guess what? We're still to do good to them, right? We're, we're still to do good to them, right? Again, because we were once enemies of God, right? But he didn't turn his back on us. He could have kept us eternally separated from him, right? But he made a way that now we can have eternal life and spend eternity with him, right? So we can't neglect anybody else regardless of how they treat us and things like that. So like I said, it, it, it'll be easy to be uh, tempted to not do good, right? Especially when nobody's looking, whether we're at work, no or a grocery store, even when we're driving down the road. Oh, I'm not going to let that car in. Right? I I'm not going to let that car in because I'm trying to get so-and-so. I've been guilty of it, right? But one car is not going to make you that much later, right? But we're going to act like we ignore it, even though they got their signal light on we're going, no, I don't see you. I don't see you. And we're going to keep going, right? Or we're going to catch that light 
Even though it's about to turn red, I'm going to go through it, right? And then we got a Christian bumper sticker on the car, right? That's not doing good, right? Because doing good is obeying the laws of the land, right? But it's tempting to do that because why? Generally, by nature, human nature, we can be selfish, selfish individual. It's it's natural for us to be selfish, right? It's natural for us to be selfish, and it's natural for us to get caught up and and look at brother, sister, so-and-so that's not living right, not doing right. But yet they have everything going for them, right? Or even even those that are not even saved, they're out there in the world. They they got it. Prayer to have everything going for them. So I want to get to where they're at, right? I want their financial blessing that they have, right? I don't want to struggle, right? But see, what we have to understand, God's blessing doesn't mean we're going to receive it on this side all the time, Amen. right? That so what good is it? To live this life in this world blessed, but not spend eternity with him. Right? Wouldn't it be better to suffer in this time and spend all eternity? And guess what? We're going to have a mansion. Right? Jesus tells us that. We're going to have a mansion. So we can't be tempted to look at the world and what they're doing. Let's turn to Malachi chapter 3. I just read this earlier today. And uh, I didn't have no intentions on speaking on this, but... I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> Malachi chapter 3. And I'm sure it's a familiar text because whenever it comes to tithes and offering, this is what we go to, right? Malachi 3, 8, will a man rob God? But we're going to skip those verses. <laughs> Actually, Malachi is a very good book, right? So we read Ezra, Nehemiah. Malachi is actually, we look, it is a prophetic book and it's the last book in the in the Old Testament before we get to uh, the New Testament. But we have to understand the Bible, the Old Testament is not listed in chronological order, right? So actually, if you list in the Old Testament in chronological order, Malachi would actually be around Ezra, Nehemiah, and Second Chronicles because Malachi was a contemporary of Nehemiah. All right, so Malachi 3, we'll go to... 13. Actually, let's start with verse 5 through 7 first. All right. Verse 5, Malachi chapter 3, and then we'll jump down. And, it, and I will come near you for judgment. I will, be sw- I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans. And those are, see, these are the type of people that are living in the world today. Guess what? They were living back in too, right? There's nothing new, That's right. right? And look what else he says here. And against those who turn away an alien, a foreigner, right? But in the church we live in today, they're saying, hey, keep them over there. But that's not doing good. Why? Because this is God's world, <laughs> right? It's God's world. It's not ours. Right, because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts, verse 6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we, we return? All right, so let's jump down to verse 13. 13 to 15. Your words have been stout against me, says the Lord. Yet ye say, 
what have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yeah, they that work wickedness are set up. Yeah, they that tempt God are even delivered. So what they were dealing with here is they were coming out of the exile and they were seeing everybody else, not the Jews and the other nations, prosper. But here they were trying to follow the Lord and do his right. And they felt that they weren't prospering. So they're thinking that God's forgotten about them. Right. So they started to take shortcuts with things. And we, we see it today. Well, we hear words from preachers that say, you know, well, my wife's been talking about the last couple of weeks. It's time out for prayer. Right. We need to fight with them or fight against them. Right. We need to strike them. We, we don't need to love our enemies. Right. But we can love each other, but we need to go against them and fight fire with fire. That's what I want to say. Fight fire with fire. But that's not how the Lord does things. That's not what his word says. Right. But they were doing the same thing back then. So the Lord was trying to remind them. But let's go down to uh, verse 16, 16 through 18. And real quick, I uh, forgot. In verse 14, it says, you have said it is vain to serve God. What that word vain means, they were saying it is useless to serve God. Why? Because they were looking to prosper in that time right now. Right. They were focused on the here and now. And God doesn't want us doing that. Because when we begin to focus on the here and now, now we stop doing good. And now we start taking the shortcuts. All right, verse 16, same chapter. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serves him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serves him not. So those, going up to verse 16 again, those that feared the Lord spake often one to another. They didn't get caught up in what the other ones were saying. They encouraged one another. Why? Just like we're supposed to encourage one another when we come to fellowship with one another, right? That's right. Now we encourage one another, right? That's part of also Wednesdays on why we do the Bible the way we do, right? We encourage one another. We learn. And guess what? It says it that the Lord hearkened and heard him. Why? Because he was honored by that. Amen. And what does he call them? His jewels. Because they're valuable to him. Why? Because they're not willing to take the shortcuts. They're willing to do right and follow the Lord's commandments. Regardless of what the culture says, regardless of what the, the priest will say. And the priests here, what I didn't say, well, they were corrupt. Kind of like some pastors today. Telling them to take shortcuts and living to please their current situation, their flesh. No, God doesn't want us to do that, right? Because we're not living for this world. We're just pilgrims, right? We're just pilgrims. And then if we take shortcuts now, then we start to take more. And more and more and more. But we have to do good. 
First uh, Corinthians, you don't have to turn it. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, "Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Knowing our toil, us serving Him, it's not useless, right? There's a purpose, right? What's, what's that purpose? Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter five again, verse sixteen, and I'll get ready to close up here." Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> Actually, let me see something here. Uh, let's start up at 13. We'll read 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm going to read verse 16 again. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, when we allow our light to shine, that is us doing good deeds. That's doing good. That gets people to notice. So even now, if we go to somebody and say, hey, can I help you with your bags? And then they don't freak out. Right? And we just say, God bless you. That's it. Right? Or if we're standing in line and the Lord prompts us to pay for something for somebody, we can do it, right? But we don't have to come back and, and, and brag about it. We just do it because it should be natural, right? There, there's times, even going back when we lived in Connecticut, we gave a lot of stuff away, big ticket item, and we didn't have. We gave a car away. We, we could have used that money, but we gave it away, right? And guess what? We didn't go in. We didn't tell the pastor. We didn't tell. You know who told them? The person we gave it to. That's what we tell him. Remember when Jesus healed somebody and he said, don't go. But they were so excited, so thankful. What did they do? They went and told him anyway. Right. But Jesus was telling them not to tell it because he didn't want them coming to name him king right then and there. But they went and told it anyway. Right. See, when we do good things for people, they're going to go tell it. Right. They may not know who we are sometimes even if we do it for a stranger, but they're going to go let somebody know. And it, and it gives us an, an avenue to share Christ with them. Why? 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 Why did you do this for me? Because my father in heaven, I serve him. I, I had an example set for me by a man named Jesus Christ. Right? They may ignore us. They may walk away. So what? And there may be some people we may do it. <laughs> See ya. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> but that's okay. Why? Because we don't do it for that thanks. We don't do it to get paid back. Right? But human nature says, oh, no, you didn't tell me thank you? Uh-uh, no. Okay, and then we stop, and we may not do it again for a little while, but that's not how we're supposed to do it. Why? Because our rewards don't come from them. Our rewards come from the Father in heaven. Right? So if we realize that, now it would be easy to do good. It, 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 you know, and the thing about it is, it, it, it's the condition of our heart. 
Because ultimately, guess what? There are unsaved people that are doing good. Unsaved people that's not serving the Lord. And they're doing good. And they're, they're just blessing people left and right. Right? But then we have Christians that are supposed to be in relationship with the Lord. Holy Ghost Phil won't do anything for anybody. <laughs> right? Unless it's the pastor, then they may. <laughs> right? But they won't even hold the door for somebody. Right? And there's times, I, you know, I'll be, there's times at work, we coming through the parking deck, I hold the door, and they'll just walk by, don't say thank you. In my head, I'm saying, I am not doing that for you no more. But in my heart, I can't do it. Right? In my heart, I can't do it. But my head, my head and my heart be fighting, right? <laughs> they be going back and forth, but what's in the heart should win out, right? Because what's in my head is going to be my flesh, Amen. right? But what's in my heart is Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. Right? And, and that's how we have to do it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's see. I think. Uh, oh, one more. Second uh, Timothy 3.12. Actually, two more scriptures. Second Timothy 3.12. We have to understand, you know, doing good, there's nothing safe about it in this world when we do good. Because people take advantage of us. Right? But that's okay. Because ultimately, they think they're getting over on the Lord. And it, well, they think they're getting over on us, but the Lord, they're going to, you know, they, they're going to reap what they're sowing, right? Just like we will reap what we're sowing. So 2 Timothy 3 and 12, Paul says this to Timothy, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, right? So that godly life is not just holiness, but it's also doing good. Right. And we may be persecuted for, by, by persecuted in the sense of why are you doing that for that person? Why? why? Or when that supervisor at work is just evil. Right. Why would you want to pray for that person? Right. These are things as Christians we should be doing. Right. Even our work ethic should be different. Y'all hear me harp on that all the time. Right. Our work ethic should be different. Right. We go to work to work. Right. That's why we get paid. Right. We go to work to work. Right. Now, some of us sometimes, you know, especially those that work for the government, sometimes we can sit and chat. Right. But ultimately, we're there to work. We got to get our job done. Right. So I may chat at work. I may counsel people at work, but I got a job to do. I still have to do that job. So I don't do those things if my job's not getting done. And we have to understand that that's a part of doing good. Why? Because now. If my supervisors, my coworkers. They know that I'm saved and I'm born again, but I'm just sitting there like everybody else and not doing anything and just talking, not doing my job. What are they going to think? Oh, well, he just like us. Right? No, but I work unto the Lord. Right. I work unto the Lord. All right. So let's turn to Psalm 37. Verses one through three, and I'll stop after this. Psalm 37. Psalm or Psalms, depending on your Bible. Chapter 37. <clears throat> Amen. All right. Amen. 
I'll be reading from verse 1 to verse 3. Amen. All right. I'll be reading from verse one to verse three. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. So when we do good, regardless of how we treat it, if we continue to walk according to his standards, that's trusting the Lord. That's being faithful to him. Right? We, we, we're not being faithful to man. If we're faithful to God, we'll be faithful to man. But see, sometimes we want to be faithful to man, which will take us from being faithful to God. Amen. And we can't do that. But we have to be faithful to God. As long as we're faithful to God and we're serving him, everything else will sort itself out. Right? We're spending time with him because he'll let us know. And see, going back to Malachi, the issue that they had was they had gotten so far away, they didn't even realize it. They didn't even see it. So now, when we go back, we didn't read it, but going back to the tithes and offering, why do you rob God? What do you mean? Why, why do we rob you? Right? They didn't realize what they were doing. Why? Because they gotten so far away from him. We can't afford to do that. Amen. We, we, we have to continue... Just like we read in uh, Malachi in, in 16, you know, we have to encourage one another. We have to give good words, right? We have to see about people, right? And yes, there's some selfish people out there. There's some selfish, unsaved people. There's some selfish, born-again people out there, right? And it can be irritating on our flesh, right? I see some smiles, so y'all know. <laughs> it, can be, it can be irritating on our flesh. But see, even praying for those that may spitefully use us, See, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it is by His strength we can do these things. Right? It's by His strength we can continue to do good regardless of how they try to take advantage of us. God will work it out. God, God, God is in control. Right? So we don't have to worry about somebody trying to come and do this and do that. Now, He's giving us discernment because He may speak to us and say, don't give Him that. Right? Or don't go over there. Right. Or don't answer that phone right now. Same thing he's told me. Don't answer the phone right now. Let it wait. And then I let it wait. See, that, that's having discernment and, and wisdom, even with the people that are, are just pounding me, pounding me, pounding. Wait. And then I wait. And then I get a release later on to call. And guess what? It's already worked out. Now they're not draining me. Right. Because you know why? They found somebody else to drain. <laughs> they found somebody else to drink. <laughs> so, and it's funny how it worked out because it's like, oh, well, sometimes they can't even remember what they were calling me about. Right? And then it's like, oh, well, I, I was calling you about that. Yeah, no, we got to listen to the Lord too in that. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads.